I'm Barberini, Eddie Barberini. This is my place, and these are my people. We got Washington, we got Horshack, and we got Epstein. What do they do? They all work for me. Epstein, he's the animal. Horshack, he does good imitations. And he talks when I tell him to talk. And Washington, he's black. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. This is the Dave Jusco Show. How are you? How you do? <laughs> okay, got enough of that voice. Can't help myself. It's almost like Tourette's. Got to do the opening with this crazy voice. I know you love it. Well, it is when I tape this Wednesday the 19th, coming out. Uh, the podcast coming out Thursday, August 20th. We were off last week because uh, I had a big birthday celebration, which was quite delightful. But I can tell you, I'm not in a great mood today. Not in a great mood. I'm pretending with this voice that I'm in a fantastic mood. The weather's hot. You know, I like talking about the weather. It's a beautiful day in here. It's not a beautiful day. It's hot and muggy, but I'm telling you, I'm not complaining. Not complaining. It has been an unbelievable summer. Anybody that complains is a douche. A douche. Like they don't remember from year to year that... Uh, you know, things get really hot sometimes. Sometimes the whole summer is just hot and humid. And, you know, you forget sometimes like at nighttime, it, uh, you know, it doesn't get cool. And it's been doing that all summer. It's been like, you know, hot in the day. And then it cools down at night. So everybody should just shut up. Because it really has been a pretty good summer. Pretty easy. And it's gone very quickly. As it off to do since most of us, you know, work. We're not children. Even my nieces and nephews had to work this summer. I mean, what's that all about? They got to they work at a camp. I know it's a camp, but still you got to work? Ugh. Summers were horrible for me. I, mean, I, I used to stay inside and watch TV and watch 1776 on July 4th. That's what I do. That's how I was obsessed with John Adams. 1776. The best. Every July 4th, sitting inside doing nothing. But in the air conditioning, and that's the important thing. Anyway, let's get down to business. I don't feel like listening to the music anymore. It's bothering me. I don't know. I'm in a mess. I'm a mess today. I mean, I've been a mess all week in a way, but I've also been happy. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I, 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 if, it, if I hadn't done one last week, I, I, I tell you, I think I would have skipped the podcast today. I'm very upset. I'm supposed to. Um, I'm supposed to go to Los Angeles tomorrow. Because. My good friend, Sarah Silverman, and I'm not name dropping. You know people, the people who listen to the show, you know she's my best pal. She was having a party Saturday, which I go to every year, which I'm the co-host of. And don't think I'm not. I mean, I really am. Because, you know, she's getting ready. And I don't know what getting ready for Sarah Silverman is. I think it's putting on a, a different knapsack and a flannel shirt. But, um, you know, sometimes I forget she's she's a lady and she's got to make an appearance. So she's like, Jessica, you're the co-host. Go up and entertain people before I get there. And every year, 
I've always um, gone up, and it, it seems for the first three years, all I did was talk to the guy who played Ned Ryerson in uh, Groundhog Day, him and his wife. But last year was great because I talked to Funkhauser from uh, the Larry David Show, Curb Your Enthusiasm. He was amazing. That uh, was an Einstein, Albert, Albert Brooks's brother. And he was fantastic. I mean, he was a blast, and he was really funny. And um, that was fun, and that's what I do. I think the year before that was Jeff Garland. She's like, Jeff Garland's going to be here early. You have to go up and talk to him. So it's a, I, I, I talked to the entire cast of Curb Your Enthusiasm, apparently. They always get there early. And Larry David is supposed to be there this year. However, I just found out only hours ago that Sarah's mother died. Sarah Silverman's mother died. And now the party's canceled. Now, selfishly, the party's canceled. But, of course, on the flip side, I'm like, oh, it's too bad. Unfortunately, you know, you know, I planned my trip around that stupid party and hanging out with my friend, and now what do I do? I was going to stay at Jeff Ross's house, but he was like, I-, I don't know what's happening. You better make other arrangements. That douchebag uh, messed me up good. Uh, he's my pal, too, I know, but I'm just angry at everybody today. So I got a hotel, and I had to get it through uh, Priceline. So it's paid for, and there's no way out. I cannot cancel. Everybody's like, oh, you can call, you know, if there's a hardship. I'm like, well, there's a hardship and an extended person. Some, You know, I, I called Sarah, and I'm like, can I, do you think I can get that death certificate? Or I will pull a George Costanza on it, you know. I'm like, can I get a copy of that? Because, uh, but I guess, I guess I'm just going to go. I'm real depressed about it because it was just like, it was like one thing after the other. Like, you know, I found out, like I was talking to my friend Beth Tapper and I was going to see her. She got a newborn. Everything. I like her. I like her. Her husband's awesome. This is a girl that used to be Sarah's roommate when she lived in the East Village. And then she married this guy that I really like, you know, which is so rare. But he's awesome. He um is the showrunner for, like, the Batman cartoon. It's like a dream come true for your old pal Dave Juskow. But it's better than that. This guy's name is Mitch Watson. And Mitch Watson put his money where his mouth is and actually put me on that Scooby-Doo show, and I'm on one of the episodes, which I'm so happy to be a part of uh, because I'm even at the end, you know, where they all laugh at dinner, you know, when everything's all set. And I come in right after the person says, and I would have gotten it away with it, too, if it wasn't for you meddling kids. I know I mixed it up, but you know what I'm saying. I come in right after that, and I get to do Rodney, and I'm just like, hey, I want you kids on my new reality show. I've been watching from the van. We'll call it Spooky Kids with a Dog. Yeah, it's fantastic. And then I'm in the end scene, you know, where everybody's laughing. I remember that as a kid, just being like, oh, my God, I wish I was, like, doing that somehow. I, I don't know, and I did it, and it was all because of this guy, Mitch Watson. He's awesome. But he even gets more awesome in my eyes, he even... He knows it. He sent me a, a bunch of photos, and he goes, worship me. That is because, and you guys, my age, who love this podcast as much as I love doing it for you, I'm telling you, this guy, his father, wait for it, worked on H.R. Puffin stuff and Lidsville and Land of the Lost. He worked on all the Sid and Marty Croft shows. So this guy, Mitch Watson, grew up in California, and he went to all of those shows. <laughs> and he sent me pictures, of, like their slides, of, you know, like Puffin stuff without his hat on and reading a script. 
It's like it's my favorite bit. It's my favorite bit when like you know a you know a, a legendary creature like Chewbacca is sitting there and and he and he's holding his you know his fur head in one hand and he's got a script in the other. You know, <laughs> it's my favorite bit. I mean, this is like a dream. I I want to tell you more about it you know but um I, sh- I should have him on right i should go over there and do this. maybe i'm gonna have him call in one day that's what i'm gonna do and have him talk about that i mean is it or is it just me i mean i know there's a couple guys my, that totally get it but the pickings are probably slim and the people that remember you know hr puff and stuff and stuff like that i know you remember lidsville and stuff maybe that was more um you know later on and they made a remake and all that some stuff so what did I say? I meant Land of the Lost, not Lidsville. Land of the Lost, everybody kind of knows. But um, how about that, right? His dad, like, worked on it. What? And then he had photos to back it up? I mean, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I was talking to Vincent. Now, you remember where we left off two weeks ago where my friend Vincent Masso dropped the bomb of where I played at the top of the show where he was going, and we're, we're, I'm sorry, where he replaced John Travolta in Welcome Back, Cotter for three days when John Travolta was uh, doing his contract negotiations. Welcome back. My friend Vincent Masso replaced John Travolta for three days on the set of Welcome Back, Cotter. So, now I know that's that's big news to anybody that listens to this podcast knows how ridiculous this news is or or anybody that's just like, you know, into it. So, so I made up. I said, oh, and he was Sal Barbarino, Vinny Barbarino's brother. But I messed up. I'm going to turn this off. It annoys me again. Sorry. I'm just not with it today. Uh, Because it throws off my train of thought. I'm one of those people. I can't listen to any music while I'm reading. You know, so anyway, so on my birthday, and I'll get to all of this in a second, but on my birthday, my actual birthday, which was Thursday the 13th, uh, these two whores took, I'm, I'm sorry, my two girlfriends uh, took me, uh, <laughs> thank you, uh, took me out for dinner downtown, and my friend Vincent works at this uh, place downtown, and we went to visit him, and they used to waitress when he used to own this bar, so they knew him, and we went down, and then I said, Vincent, I got to know more, what was the name of the character? I forgot to ask. And he goes, and wait for it again. He goes, oh, Bobby Barbarino. It's Bobby Barbarino. That's the real name. Bobby Barbarino. That's hilarious. Bobby Barbarino. Bobby Barbarino. Oh, my God. I was like going crazy. I'm like, but Vincent, are there, is there any evidence of this? Are there any pictures? He goes, yeah, I got pictures. You have pictures? What? He has pictures. I must get a hold of them. I'm not good. You know, I guess I could put it up on Twitter. I mean, I have to do something where I can share all this stuff with everybody. I had a blog, but nobody went to it. Nobody cares. But you know you want to see these photos of my friend Vincent as Bobby Barbarino with the rest of the sweat hogs. I've got to get these photos. Let alone, I want to show you the stuff of, uh, you know, HR Puff and stuff. I mean, it's it's amazing. So I gotta get a, I gotta get a hold of this stuff. I mean, I really, really do, right? Bobby Barbarino. So that's why I played that first clip, which is like um, unbelievable because it's what it is is John Travolta's screen test for Welcome by Cotter. Whereas you say, what did they say? It was Eddie Bob Barberini? Here he says it now. 
Eddie Barberini. Plus the plus is uh and Washington, well he's black. <laughs> it's a joke. I mean, you know, you wonder where I get all this uh hey, it's funny if I say colored or black or if I say, Oh, this guy's black because you know, back in the seventies it that was hilarious. Now it would seem completely racist that he just says, Well, all these guys are good for something, but Washington's black. <laughs> so I mean, it's not just me. This is the way I grew up. Everybody's calling me racist. I can't help it. That made me laugh when he said that, you know, because that's in the actual pilot. That's not just the screen test. Because then I saw the first episode, and, Bar- and he has all of a sudden, Eddie Barberini. And then uh, I was looking about something, too, and they said that um, they changed it to Barberino because it just flowed off, you know, better. And it was awesome. And I was doing some, like, uh, Bobby Barbarino. I can't get it out of my head. I can't stop saying it. I was just doing some research on that. And it's just, um, I, I, I want to do a whole episode of Welcome Back, Connors. I, I'm fascinated by stuff and the stuff we grew up on as kids that we worshipped and why things went south. And it's a, you know, it's a classic uh, thing. I remember as a kid, you know, the show was the most popular show. But it's kind of like the 70s, that time of the 70s, the later 70s it's like everything became popular for two or three years and then it went down i mean maybe everything still does that but you know shows like last like nine or ten years now if they're popular this was a complete fad you know i mean i had a notebook that set up your nose with the rubber hose and i had a notebook for each four characters you know washington said hi there (laughs) and uh, i don't know epstein had a note from his mother i mean this show was the shit, but I remember when I was, you know, a kid and this kid went to the set and he said he, and I don't know whether I've ever told you this before, but he said, everybody was nice except for Gabe Kaplan. He was the biggest prick on the planet. This is a sixth grader. said, I'll tell you that Gabe Kaplan, it's a complete tool. And they said that Mr. Woodman was like really nice and he was like signing autographs, but Gabe Kaplan, I was so disappointed. You know, that's not, you know, he seemed like a fun loving guy, but. Got everything you read and you hear, he just seems like a major tool. Like he was a major tool. Like he, well, I mean, clearly he was a major tool. Like he just, he, he got lucky. He created, you know, he, he did the stand up and he was talking about that. Then he created the show and then he wanted to leave the show and then he just wanted to get out of the business and play poker. And that's what he did. So, whatever. But I was talking that the one that played his wife, Marcia Strassman, she, she does a scathing article in the 70s. In the 70s, like when it was happening, how much she hated him, how much she's like, this is ruining my career, her career. So she could do Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, one, two, and three. But we'll get to that another time. I mean, there's plenty of TV talk coming up, right? But let's talk about um, this week. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little better just kind of talking, but... So anyway, I had my birthday party and I had it on the roof of the Kimberly Hotel. That's where I seem to have it every year. And it was very nice. The weather was perfect. I mean, just absolutely perfect. And my birthday always comes when it's like so hot and humid. This was really great. And everybody came and it was really a nice time. And, uh, you know, I hired a publicist for the show. because you know, I'm trying to get the word out there. I want people to enjoy it as much as I enjoy making it and, you know, like I say, I hear from nice people. They're like, why isn't this more popular? And, you know, of course, these people, they don't understand it. It's because it's made for, uh, you know, people that like Lidsville. I mean, come on. You know, it's not it's not, it's not, not an easy uh, <laughs> test to put out there. So she came to the party, and she's nothing but nice. This girl, Andrea Simmons, very nice girl. And then I um, 
met with her on Friday and we had um, you know some dinner we talked about the podcast and I don't know you know I was asking her these questions I'm like do you think I should keep it an hour do you think this that and she's just telling me the stuff that I guess you know like well an hour is a lot but uh, you know when maybe you're not ready I've listened to the show I mean she likes the show you know but if she's like maybe not ready to do something that's alright I mean she's trying to help me but um, you know what I mean, every, you know, everything I've done in my life has been a disaster. So I think you just got to do, I mean, if I have a passion for doing the show, I think I just got to keep it the way it is, right? I mean, I'm like, well, should I do two podcasts because football season's coming up? I like talking about football season. And then I said, you know what? I'm just going to keep doing it the way I want to do it and just hope for the best and hope that the people that like the show just keep listening because that's all I can do. Because you know what, I I changed when I first started doing the show. When Stand Up New York was kind enough to, you know, give me a chance, it was a gambling show, and I hated talking about. It. I didn't want to always talk about gambling because I was like, well, we'll never get sponsored if I always talk about gambling. But you know, I love talking about football, and I love talking about television. So, the way I figure it, when September comes, and you know, when I talk about football, I'm not talking about stats. I'm just talking about kind of the fun part, and maybe a little bit of gambling, and just the football pool that everybody's in. You know, including the guys that do the show Ballers on HBO and everything. You know, all my friends are in this pool. And and um, I like talking about football during the season. I like football. And I just talk about it for a half hour. And then we talk about the new lineup on TV because that's what I like to do. So, I mean, if you're telling me that... And, and, and because the thing is, the show has, you know, kind of transgendered. <laughs> hey, whoa! Uh, into, it's like morphed into more of like a topical show because, you know, I was trying to fill time before football season again. I didn't know what I was going to do after football season ended. After Super Bowl, you know, I was just making up stuff. And then it turned out I enjoyed talking about topics and getting a little serious and, you know, having just conversations with people and then, you know, being funny too. But is it a big deal if I decide to talk about football and television and mix that stuff in from September to January and then just go back to the way we've been doing the show for the past six months so every six months it changes isn't that a better idea in a way isn't that a much more fun podcast I mean I, I don't want people to tune out just because I'm talking about football and television but I guess I have to hope that the people that listen know that I'm going to try and skew any topic we talk about into the way that you like listening to the podcast well, I guess what I have to say without being unmodest I mean it just I have to hope that you like the things I have to say, the way I have a, you know, quote, take on topics. Actually, I don't know if that would be a quote. I mean, the way I have a take on topics that you would hope you would like the way I have a, a take on football or, or television. So I just got to do it my way. I mean, I still want to get the word out. I'll think of something. You'll see. But for now, we'll just keep doing the podcast. Even though there's no show next week. I'm sorry. <laughs> but like I said, after that, in September, there will be nonstop podcasts until the Super Bowl. So that is that. Now, uh, so the party was excellent, and I got hammered. I had seven bourbon and ginger ales. Now, every time I go, I don't know what my drink of choice is. It changes it each time. For a long time, it was scotch. It's mostly beer. If beer wasn't so filling and you know, fattening, beer is all I would want to drink all the time. But now what I usually do at a party where I'm timing things out is I'll have a drink of choice, whatever that's going to be, whether it's vodka tonic or whatever. 
and then I'll end the night with beer. That's the way I've been doing it for a while, you know, and then I'll have shots in between. Yeah, because I'm awesome. I'm just thinking of how delicious that is, you know. Although if I did the show the Thursday after, I would have been like, I'm never drinking again because I had one of those days for sure. In fact, I really didn't drink again because I was, ugh. Because the next day, so I had the party, and, you know, we paid for all our friends, and it was very expensive, but I was prepared this time because last year they caught me off guard. And then the next day I went to the Mets game. It was a 12-10 Mets game. But, you know, when I woke up at 8 in the morning, I didn't think there was any way I could go. I mean, I was a real mess. I didn't even realize I had gotten that wasted. I mean, I should have realized, but I didn't. And then I ended up going to P.J. Clark's afterwards, too. Like, I went somewhere after they kicked me out. I went somewhere else. Because, I, you know, I never want to go home. I always want to have another drink. And then I finally went home. I have no idea what time I got home. I think I ate, too. Oh, my God, I stopped at the diner. That's right. Everything was blurry. I have no idea who showed up at the party. I, I remember talking to people. I remember having a good time. I'm pretty good at standing up straight, even though I'm drinking, but I don't remember what happened. I don't remember when people left. I don't remember who gave me the gifts in the bag, unfortunately. I mean, some some I do, some I don't. It's a little blurry. And then I went to PJ Clark's, and it was just me and a, a friend of mine, and we were just talking to the bartender and having some laughs, and he was really cool. He was like, he was a year older than me, which made me, you know, really happy. Yeah, but he was really cool. PJ Clark's is, if you don't know, it's like this legendary bar. You know, that's made for men. Uh, but a lot of really pretty girls go in there now, but it's still like, you know, a dive. And it's not a dive. It's like one of those strange in-betweens, and it's right in my neighborhood, and it's perfect. And, um, you know, I know the guy that works there now. He wasn't there, but he also owns a couple of other places, and we're friendly and really nice guy. So I really like it there a lot. So it was a really good birthday, but then I couldn't make it. So, I mean, then I couldn't, like, uh, I didn't think I'd be able to, but I rallied. Went to the Mets game, got tickets that day online on the Mets site. I thought I was trying to go, trying to wait. You know, I'm like, no, it'll it'll come down in price. We'll get better seats. We'll get better. But it didn't. I don't know. I think, you know, the Mets are hot. And it was a beautiful pitch perfect day that is the day you want to take off the playing hooky. Thursday, August 13th was probably the greatest day we've had all year. It was perfect. It was not too hot. But it was perfect hot, and it was just a beautiful, beautiful day. And, oh, my God, what a great game. They won 12-3. to 3. We had perfect seats right over the home plate line, but, like, in the 300 section. So we had room this uh, Caesars uh, club. So we did three innings where we watched the game at the seats, and then we did three innings. This is me and my friend Lawrence and uh, Dave Elliott and Lee Maracas. And then we went into the, you know, the clubhouse, and we ate, we sat down and ate like gentlemen, which I like. I hate eating at the seats. I have everything on my lap. I can't stand that. I love eating at a table, you know, like a gentleman. <laughs> I don't like eating at the bar. I like to sit down and eat at a table. So that's what we were able to do. We just go to this place. We didn't go to the Shake Shack. We wanted to go, but it was too far. And nobody cared. We were just having a great time. And what are we overlooking there? We overlooked the parking lot. That's my favorite thing, isn't it? So, uh... You know, we ate there. Then for the last three innings, we went back out, watched the game. Oh, my God, perfect day. Then afterwards, we went back in the clubhouse, just hung out. Had, I just had a soda because <laughs> uh, I was not drinking. Hung out for like another hour. Then I walked my friends to, the, to their car, which was far because I couldn't wait to just be in the parking lot. You know, I love it. Big, nice, open space on a beautiful day. Took the train back, took a nap, went out for dinner. It was a perfect day. And then I heard about Bobby Barbarino. I mean, come on. You're going to top off. Perfect day, Bobby Bombarino. 
I gotta get those pictures. Bobby Bobberino. <laughs> Can't even believe it now. Welcome back. Your dreams are your ticket out. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. Oh, oh names of it. Turn around. The dreams remains that you hung around. Who'd have thought you'd make it? I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know the real lyrics, but um, it's pretty close. What a great song. In fact, I think the name of the... Welcome <laughs> back. Uh, the name of the show was supposed to be just called Kata. And I'm doing it like Mr. Woodman. Uh, but they changed it because I think the song was written before. The song was called Welcome Back, Kata. So they're like, let's just call it Welcome Back, Kata, because this song is amazing. So you got a show, like a kind of a groundbreaking show in the sense of that it's uh, interesting, it's funny, it's a little risky. And then you got a hit song, too, which was like number one that summer or whatever it came out in the fall. And they, they wouldn't air this show in Boston because they thought it was would promote derelict, you know, behavior in kids. Can you imagine when you watch it now? You're like, really? You, your kids in Boston can't tell that these are just characters in an acting studio? I mean, I grew up in Jersey and, you know, certainly uh, and grew up in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn, where pretty much this was supposed to take place. And I know all those kids. In fact, I was just telling somebody the other day, my neighbors, when we were kids, my grandmother lived there. So we'd spend a lot of time and these kids would come by. This guy, Anthony, would come by. All the kids, and they all have the same accent. Like, hey, is Dave around? Is he coming this weekend? And they're like, oh, it's uh, Rosh Hashanah. He's got to stay in. Like, oh, that's too bad. Is he, can he come out later? Like, like these guys had the toughest voice. They were the sweetest kids. They're like, well, you know, we're going to be playing stoop ball later. Maybe he'll stop by, you know. <laughs> So, I mean, I knew these kids were Joe. I mean, I knew they talked like that. Maybe they all talked like Vinnie Barbarino, but, it, you know, they, they were all nice kids. I, I, I don't understand why well, Boston's a mess. So uh, that was kind of interesting. <laughs> Welcome back, God. They wouldn't air it until it got so ridiculous popular. They were just like, you know, it's like uh, they just they, they just were like, oh, I guess, you know, like, I mean, that's what happened. You know, it's all money related. I mean, I, I don't know. Tom Brady's going through that stupid thing. He's trying to appeal all this nonsense. But, you know, if it comes down to the league missing money, if they bring that up, like, but the league's going to lose a billion dollars because Tom Brady's not playing. Which, in a way, maybe, who knows? Maybe they'll boycott. Who who knows? Then they're going to listen if money's at stake. And then everything. You know, I know it's almost football season again, too. So I just wanted to one thing about Geno Smith. You know, I like the Mets and the Jets, unfortunately for me. I mean, it's no wonder my life is cursed. I mean, if you pick these teams, you're you're kind of an ass. But Geno Smith got, you know, got clocked by this dude. We didn't talk about it. It happened a couple of weeks just before we went on a little break. And, uh, oh, my God, Jets fans couldn't be happier. This guy is a major tool. Nobody wants him. So we are happy with Ryan Fitzpatrick or Brian Petty, Bryce Petty, whatever his name is. And now they are hiring Matt Flynn. Who cares? Nobody wants Geno Smith. Nobody. Whether he was taunting this guy to punch him in the face or not, I mean, the thing, the fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is he would not pay this guy six hundred. The guy who is a thug. This guy, I can't pronounce his name. It starts, you know, it's, uh, wait, I can't. Uh, what's his name? I.K. 
Enemic Polly. <laughs> I don't know. I know Rex Ryan just picked him up in Buffalo as a fuck you to the Jets, but this guy's a thug. He punched a cop before. He's obviously a badass. But the thing is, he asked Geno Smith. He gave him the money, the flight to fly down to help his – he's doing like a kid's program. This thug is doing a kid's program. He asked Geno to fly down. The guy didn't – he didn't come. He's like, yeah, you know what? I can't make it. And then he's like, well, you should give me the money back for the flight because I paid for it. And he's like, yeah, maybe. I mean, there's this douchebag that, you know, went to see Gone Girl and he and he, and he he didn't think of the time change and the West Coast was late for practice. This guy's a major tool. I just want him out of the fucking league. He's a major tool and he's done nothing. And anyone else will be better. Anyone. So that's the greatest thing that's happened. And now this GM is saying, like, no, Gino's still great. And I'm like, this guy's a dick, except he's not. He's been making some really good moves, but I'm glad he's out. It's making me feel better. And you know what the funny thing is? Like I always say, um, you know, I want to talk about football, but, you know, I don't want to talk about stats or anything. I just want to talk about the kind of the pop culture of football and have some fun. I mean, this was in the news. It was all over the news. But the, the weird thing is, you know, sometimes I say to myself, especially after I stopped gambling like heavily, you know, and every day, and I still love gambling, you know, it, but I definitely got a problem. And after I stopped gambling on football, I was like, I wonder if I'll still like football. And I think I've talked about this before. And then I found I really do like football. I really do like football. And I like it so much. And I like I like my teams. And and it bothers me because I when the Mets or the or the Jets lose, I say, Well, well what do I care? I have nothing vested in them. I'm not gonna make any money if they win or lose. But the fact of the matter is what I realize is that when they win it, it really makes me happy, like busting happy. So like when the Mets win, I like listening to the, the radio and, and hearing some of the fans talk about it and, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, with, with the same with the Jets. So it's like I realized it was bothering me that we kind of have an interesting season. Like the Jets, maybe they have a chance. They've really kind of amped up their defense and they got the Brandon Marshall and they got some interesting stuff. They got a new coach. I don't know if he's going to be good or not. But anyway, so I'm just really angry that Gino was still the quarterback because everything was falling into place, and it made me angry on a daily basis. And then I realized that when it was, uh, you know, he's gone, I, I just couldn't have been happier. I was, like, ecstatic. But, uh... Bobby Barbarino. Speaking of um, Geno Smith and uh, black people, the funny thing is uh, I wanted to talk about this guy, Julian Bond. He was a civil rights icon. I mean, he really was an icon. I mean, there is a photo of him where he is just a really young man voting with Martin Luther King, you know, in like 19... 64, I guess. I don't know. He's at the vote. He's putting his ballot in with Dr. Martin Luther King. I mean, the guy's sitting with Dr. Martin Luther King. And this guy fought for the cause. You know, he just died. He was 75. Julian Bond. And he was elected to the Georgia House of Representatives in 65, but he was refused the seat because of his anti-war stance in Vietnam. And then the case went to the Supreme Court and they ruled in his favor and he got his seat in 1967. I mean, that's badass shit. He was running. Not only did black people just start to vote, but then he was going to run 
for the House of Representatives, and then they tried to block it because because then he said, I got a bad stance on Vietnam. That's badass. Because you would figure, like, well, be cool about Vietnam because you're just a black guy you're trying to get in. But he was like, no, fuck that. And then in the Democratic Convention, they wanted to nominate him for the vice president, but he declined because he's like, no, I'm too young. I mean, this guy was awesome. He was way, way awesome. And uh, he, he even gets more badass because um, he boycotted the funeral services for Coretta Scott King because the the King children had chosen an anti-gay megachurch as the venue and he was an outspoken supporter of rights for gays and lesbians. And it was a conflict in Coretta Scott King's long-standing support for rights of gay and lesbian people. I mean, this guy is the shit. He fought for the cause majorly. He also had a cocaine problem for a while and probably lost his marriage that way. But that happens to the best of us. But this guy was badass, and he just died. And the best part was he was he hosted Saturday Night Live, you know, many years ago, back in like 70, like the second season. He hosted Saturday Night Live. Can you believe this guy? He was a civil rights advocate. When are they going to have that person on again on Saturday Night Live? They won't. But here's one of the uh, 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 a goddamn classic with, unfortunately, Garrett Morris, who just was so on coke, he couldn't even flub every goddamn line he had. But And it's amazing that this guy still gets chances. That He's on that two broke girls. He's probably making a fortune. Um, but here's the clip. I think. Listen to those laughs. And listen to his voice. What a great speaking voice. And and he delivered the line perfectly, unlike Garrett Morris, who's supposedly the pro. What an asshole. This is intellectual. He almost ruined the whole thing by flubbing the line, and then the audience was already laughing. And then he took a pause to make sure he could get out his line perfectly. And what a great line. Oh, my God. So he just died, and how cool is that? The first black political figure to host Saturday Night Live. I mean, this guy was truly badass, and uh, I don't know. It's pretty cool, right? Bobby Barbarino. <laughs> um, you know, speaking of uh, SNL, they announced uh, some of the hosts. It's funny because, uh, well, Tracy Morgan is going to host. But Miley Cyrus is going to host the season premiere. I don't know why they're so up on Miley Cyrus. I don't know why they gave her a song. I mean, I I can't figure it out for the life of me. This show worships Miley Cyrus. They they gave her that song to sing on the 40th anniversary. What the fuck? Why? Why? She's okay. Does she really need to host a season premiere? Is this necessary? Does she really bring in fans anymore? I mean, does anybody care? But then Tracy Morgan's going to return, and that's interesting, you know, since his accident. 
in October. And, of course, uh, Amy Schumer, which is funny because I said to myself, Amy Schumer is definitely going to host that show. And I was saying, um, you know, it's, she didn't she didn't do it before Trainwreck came out because it was in the summer. But I'm like, there's no way she's not hosting that show this year. So she is definitely hosting. And they're trying to figure out, you know, who's going to play Donald Trump. We were talking about it because, you know, Do- um, Daryl Hammond is now the announcer of the show. So he's right there. If they want to use him again, I mean, how you you got to have, or you know, do you get somebody younger to do it if they got a better take? But Donald, you know, it's funny watching Donald Trump. I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, he's doing Daryl Hammond. I mean, that's how good Daryl. I didn't even realize Daryl Hammond was that good at Donald Trump until I've seen Donald Trump in the Republican primaries. Oh, and listen to this. I got to take some water. The Republican primaries were amazing. It got huge ratings, and. Um, Sarah was in town during that time. I don't think I told you this, but uh, yeah, it w- I was supposed to go. Uh, well, she went to go watch the primaries, but she didn't think I was into it. But who's not into, you know, this these Republican primaries? I would never have been into it if, you know, it wasn't for Donald Trump. But you knew it was going to be awesome, and it was, and the ratings were unbelievable. So she watched with my friend Dino, and uh, Louis C.K. and Todd Barry and the, and Louis was like, "Why didn't you bring Jessica?" And I'm like, "Yeah, what the fuck, jerk off." I mean, how would that be watching the Republican primaries with Sarah Silverman, Louis C.K. and uh, Dino? My, I mean, maybe you don't know Dino, but come on, those. I mean, come on. I mean, that's a like a lifetime dream for some people. I'm gonna watch that with those two legendary comics. I know one's my. I mean, they're both my friends, but you know what I'm saying. I also look at it that way, too, like anybody else would. Because it, it's unbelievable, right? I mean, I still sometimes I can't even believe I'm friends with uh, people like that when I think of that kind of situation. I mean, you know, basically it, it is just another day, but I mean, that that's kind of exciting. Uh, also, by the way, um, tonight, this comes out on Thursday, CNN is doing a Morton Downey Jr. movie. Uh, like I guess a documentary sorry about the loudness this was his old theme song I don't know if you remember this guy he was like uh, you know more Jerry Springer kind of you know outrageous talking uh, guy and he had this show locally here on channel 9 but I guess it was syndicated everywhere and he was just crazy, and he just had panelists on. And, no, and you know, yeah, people would attack the stage and all the stuff, and they keep people out. But I was on the show twice as two different people. Yeah, I, I scammed them. You know, again, I'm doing the air quotes because I mean, I did, but I, I feel bad about it. I don't like that doing that kind of stuff. But it was too easy, and it was fun. The first time I played a, a gay tattoo artist, no, a body painter. That was against tattooing, and I, you know, just got constantly booed. And then I realized I, I did it wrong this time. I didn't get enough in. I was sitting at the couch. Then I realized they have these two podiums, and I'm like, all right, next time I'm going to go in, I'm going to stand at the podium and just say the opposite of everything everybody wants to hear. So I played this slasher film director. I made a clip of a slasher film, but everybody who was into gore back then and everything, they thought it was the greatest, and they wanted to see the real film. And I'm like, oh, I'll get you that film. But you know, meanwhile, I only have the clip. And I played this slasher film director. I had my hair in a ponytail and a dead baby hanging by an ear earring. Um, and I just was up at that mic. And I'm like, 
kids should watch anything they want, especially these kind of movies. And the crowd went crazy, and it was so much fun and so unbelievable. And it was uh, epic, you know, and in a way it um, helped with, um, you know, my career in a way because people had heard about it and they saw it and they thought it was great that I was just, uh, you know, doing it. And, you know, it would probably help me get friends like Louie and Sarah because they thought it was cool. And it was cool. But anyway, they're doing a documentary on that show. I, I, I don't know whether I'm in it or not. I did get contacted by them. A long time ago, and I thought they had just dropped the project, so I have no idea. I didn't have to sign anything, so I'm assuming that means I'm not in it, but um, I didn't have to sign anything when I did the show back in the 80s, so I don't know whether it matters. But um, I, I, I'm taping it. It's on at 9, and I'm sure they'll repeat it. CNN, uh, I, I don't know what it's called. It's it's called something, you know, Morton Downey Jr. or something. Uh, so I don't know. You know, I'm going to check it out. I'll tell you if I'm in it because I promise you, you will love it. It's unbelievable. And the guy died, like, really early, too. But it was a very popular show for a couple of years, like, in 89, 80. That's the show, ladies and gentlemen, that my grandmother called me. She was watching in Florida and called me and told me I needed a nose job. So you're welcome, America. <laughs> you can thank the Morton Downey show for me getting plastic surgery. I think it all makes sense. And what else did I want to talk about today? Also, Jared from Subway, you know, this guy's actually pleading guilty. Wow. He's pleading guilty to child pornography. And worse than that, his wife, two hours ago, again, taping this Wednesday, August 19th, two hours ago, his wife is filing for divorce. Oh, my God, yes, because now it has come out. My God, this guy, he's like giving the information away that he was hiring prostitutes to bring him possibly 12 14 year old i don't i think it's girls i hope i don't i hope what am i fucking talking about like like that's better uh sorry I, 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 well i hope he's not gay too i oh my god what's the matter with me um uh yeah so wow this guy what a dick um uh, uh what a tremendous dick um yeah it's wow and you know it's it's God, you know, it's so weird. I, I used to be so happy that Subway kept using him after all these years. And, it, and I got to say, I think it used to inspire me that it was cool. And it used to make me happy about Subway that they kept with this guy that, you know, kind of put them on the map. And oh, my God, what a disaster. What a disaster. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna find out more. It's just coming out today, and uh, I I don't know what can you say. I just can't stop thinking about Louis C.K.'s uh, opening monologue on SNL about pedophiles. Just now, it just I don't know. It seems more prevalent, prevalent. I mean, relevant because. You know, if you haven't seen it, it's just so amazing because he's just like, what is so great about Petty? It must be unbelievable. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just it's just funny. Uh, I was talking today about somebody at work, and you know I always talk about the girl from Dog with a Blog and stuff like that. You know, she's probably 15, 16, and I know I make fun. You know, I'm like, well, I, you know, maybe, okay, I guess I'm attracted to those. I, mean, I know they're going to be hot when they get older. That's what I usually say. But, you know, I guess if you're a sane person, you don't, I mean, you could. I'm getting out of hand today. Um, it's like, can you even imagine? I mean, if you're a sane person, let's just say, for instance, that 
I met that girl out there and, and we were this is coming out the wrong way but I'm just making a point let's say we were being flirtatious um, you know like an American beauty you know and uh, but then when you're when you're when it's coming down to it, aren't you looking at them like what the fuck? This it's a fourteen, it's a fifteen year old girl. What are you, an idiot? You know you can't. I mean that's when your your adult senses take over and not like darn she's fifteen. No, like Jesus Christ, grow up. You know what I'm saying? Like a normal person, but that's where normal and you know crazy, I guess, is the difference. You're where you're not getting it. And something in your head is saying, no, this is okay. Because it's not. It's clearly not, and it's not cool. And that's, you know, and that's not people being, you know, stuffy. That's, it's completely unacceptable. Uh, This guy's such a dick. Okay, here's something I wanted to talk about today. There was... um, I keep thinking I'm supposed to talk about something else, but I, yeah, I, I'm just, you know, I'm so confused. And then again, you know, I'm doing the show alone because I'm I'm going to California tonight. I'm leaving at like four in the morning. I'm going to drive. I'm going to park my car in the lot because um, I think it costs the same as taking a car. So it's cheaper than taking a car service, if you can believe. The lot's only 18 bucks a day. So it turns out cheaper than a round trip, uh, you know, calling uh, seven, 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 seven. <laughs> but I'm uptight. I haven't packed or anything. I said I'm just gonna do the podcast and then I'm gonna, you know, eat some, then I'll pack. Because I stay up all night. What I do when I fly, I stay up all night and then pray to sleep on the plane. Because it's too it's such a long flight uh that, you know, I take a Xanax and I pop it right at the cruising altitude and then I hope that I'm gonna sleep. And normally a lot of times I can sleep until I hear we're descending. But um, I've found lately I have to wear a mouth pad because one day I was grinding my teeth so bad because the Xanax and, you know, just the sleep deprivation must put me out so bad that I, you know, I'm afraid of flying and it's coming out in a way where I'm grinding my teeth and I couldn't open my jaw. So from ever since then, I've put a, you know, something in like a mouth guard too while I fall asleep, which I'm sure is just so great for the person next to me when I pull that out, you know, the breath and the saliva coming yeah how you doing <laughs> they must love it um, but sleeping you know I always get the window seat and I just sleep the whole way through oh boy is that great that's why I can I could take like American Airlines or something like that going out because they don't have TVs or anything because I just watch TV I don't have a phone or electronic device but I mean I have it I don't use it on the plane but going back I usually end up waking up in the middle and then I need like a TV or something like that but anyway but I get oh, I get so uptight about just putting it, staying up all night. You know, then I get tired where, you know, like I'm tired right now, like at 8 o'clock at, at night, where I would normally not be tired now. But now I'm thinking I got to stay up all night. So now I'm making myself tired and it's lonely and depressing. My cat's on vacation. <laughs> Very lonely. But uh, I don't know. Now what am I going to do out there? Sarah's gone. My best friend is gone. I mean, you know, for good reason. But I'm, I'm being selfish. I'm being selfish because now what am I going to do? I got the. What am I supposed to do? But I'll come back in two weeks. I'll tell you about the trip. Hopefully, I mean, I was hoping to tell you she has this kick-ass party, 
And you know, I'm talking about Larry David was going to be there. I was going to tell him how angry. Larry David fucked me again, just like he did with the show. I was going to tell him what happened with the show. I was supposed to be there opening night. I was supposed to meet him then. I was going to say all that. Ben Affleck was going to be there. Remember, I was going to give him a mouthful. So she reschedules the party. I'm like, I just bought tickets to a Rutgers game. Thanks a lot, jerk off. <laughs> great thing to say when somebody's mother just died. I'm a great guy. I'm a great guy. <laughs> I guess I'm kind of a dick. Welcome back. Your dreams are your ticket out. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. This is the extended version, too. I think there's like a, there's a solo. Let's see. Oh, yeah, the harmonica version. This always used to depress me when I was a kid. Anything of harmonica. Back down where we need ya. I always thought it was Lawrence Hilton Jacobs that sang the song, but it's not. It's a guy from, uh, oh, damn, I can't remember. Blind Faith, maybe? I, I don't remember. John Sebastian, I think his name is. Uh, I always thought it was Lawrence Hilton Jacobs. I don't know why. It just sounded like him. Yeah, we tease him a lot because we got him on the spot. It sounds like a black guy. I don't think he's black. Um, but he's got some soul, so I just thought it was. But it's not. Um. Anyway, here's something I wanted to talk about. I was supposed to see, well, there was a Miss Pennsylvania U.S., not Miss Pennsylvania, but you Miss Pennsylvania U.S. International, whatever that is, this girl, Brandy Weaver Gates, and she faked cancer. Uh, last week, we, we found out that she was faking cancer and she was uh, collecting thousands of dollars in charity funds by pretending to have cancer. Now, a couple of years ago, maybe 10, uh, we have a comic friend named Mark Cohen. And he is in the Rat Pack in Las Vegas. He plays, God damn, the comedian. I can't remember. You know, it's Sinatra, Sammy, Bobby, fuck. <laughs> Not Peter Lawford. Who's the guy? You, know, I'll figure it out. He plays the comedian guy. And uh, we've known him for years, and he's the best, and he's so funny. And he married a girl, a showgirl, out in Vegas. And he's, you know, one of Sarah's best friends as well. And he married this showgirl. Her name was Christine Anderson, and she's a mother of three. But she had one kid with Mark, one. And I guess she, she appeared in the Rat Pack, too, and that's where they met. And she told all of us she had cancer and was dying. She even sat down with her kids and said, Mommy's dying. Pretty fucking low. And, you know, we went through this for a while. We all felt bad. Oh, Mark's wife's dying. This is such a horrible thing. Now, you know where I'm going with this, obviously, but I'm just saying this is what happened for a long period of time. Then I, I remember that 
you know, when Sarah was dating Jimmy, Jimmy and I think Ray Romano planned a big benefit to raise money to help with her bills and to maybe whatever, help with the kids. And I remember them raising about $20,000. I mean, you're talking about Kimmel, Ray Romano, Kevin Nealon, Odenkirk, Sarah. Um, you know, and I, and I remember a tell because it was a big event. And we all knew Mark. We all knew Mark for many years growing up. And I remember Tell went out there and he dropped off like 500 bucks at the improv and he said, sorry for your loss. And I'm like, no, you idiot. She's not dead yet. And he's like, oh, my God, I've got to get that box. <laughs> it was hilarious. He's a fucking idiot. <laughs> so so they raised the money. And then uh, I remember Sarah telling me, so she met this guy and he, and he goes, you know what? Uh, like, he was talking to this girl, and he was a survivor, cancer survivor. And he was talking to the girl, and, and the guy says, Sarah, are you sure this woman has cancer? And she's like, what are you talking about? He goes, I don't know. You know, it's just weird. I was asking her some questions about hospital stuff. She didn't seem to know anything. It was very, it was very odd. And, uh, you know, and, and, and I guess through that, they just started kind of unraveling these lies that this woman was telling and where did the money go? She took the money. I mean, long story short, there was an FBI investigation. Nobody found the money. And I I don't even think she went to jail, but she scammed everybody, which is kind of hot, you know. Uh, but it was this guy, um, uh, Doug Starks, that uh, he, you know, at, he served her with a legal letter, asked her to, substantiate the medical claims and she declined and she never proved the claims and uh, Bud Friedman from the improv was involved and alerted him that it was a scam and everybody was shocked I mean completely shocked that this woman had fake cancer we couldn't believe it so then the worst part is what happens to Mark Cohen the husband you know was he involved did he know and the funny thing is, now, let's say it was me and my wife did this. There's not one person on this planet who would ever believe I was not involved. I just have that kind of face. <laughs> I have that kind of reputation. Nobody would ever believe that I had no involvement or just was completely unaware. But the funny thing about Mark Cohen, and I don't know whether it's funny or not, is that he's such a genuine idiot. I mean, he's a lovely guy. <laughs> that no one blames him. And everyone believes he had no idea. And me too. And I'm the most suspicious person ever. And I completely believe he had no idea. He was like, even the police were just like, this guy has no idea, he's an idiot. You know, <laughs> like, I mean, and it's like, I don't know what's worse. If you're just like completely, you know, unaware of what your wife is doing or or would it be better to be involved so you don't look like a complete idiot i mean we obviously I feel so sorry for him the poor guy got scammed but i've seen him with this with girls before where he has no clue what's going on so we all believed like he had nothing to do with it i mean i still completely believe it it was really sad but it's just really funny that everyone nobody questioned mark's uh, involvement with it. He's like, well, I, di I didn't know. And we're like, oh, yeah, no, no, we, we, we get it. We get it. You're an idiot. You know, 
it's horrible. But uh, so Mark's still around. His daughter's adorable. I've met her before, and uh, they, he still has. You know, he's still got to see this woman because this woman's his his wife. I I I I need to know more. I don't know. They 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 apparently have. Okay, I think she got remarried. I how is this woman just hanging around being okay? I guess it's it's the strangest thing. I I don't know. I guess. Vegas, she you knows those in Vegas. I I think you just get away with shit like that and you just move on. You know what they? I mean, it, I think it's true. What it, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, and I, right? I, I, everybody just moved on, like it never happened, and they never got their money back. But uh, crazy, right? Oh, uh, let me um just end with uh, this. I mean, I know it's almost an hour, so there's a. Uh, a place, uh, it's a website, it's called Elastic City, and they do high-concept tours. And one of them, and this makes uh, no sense, is uh, the Daddy Warbucks Please Adopt Me tour, which you can go to various filming locations from the movie Annie, which you know we love here. You know, we love playing it. I'll find any excuse to play this every week. <laughs> but this is from the uh, 2009, but this is from the 2014 version. They will take you on the filming or t- or locations from the 1982, but they say from the 1982 epic film. That film sucks. And who's going on these tours? And apparently they go and they sing along with a hippie guitar player and they go see the sites. Who's signing up for this? So I looked online and the, the last tour was Tuesday. Like Tuesday. I mean, it's not like this happened two years or three years ago. And and it was sold out. <laughs> what? I was just looking at the site. They're like, okay, the Daddy Warbucks Please Adopt Me Tour will meet in front of New York Muffins in Williamsburg. There's 12 people that can go. And they go look at the sites from the 1982 version of Annie. Are you kidding? What the f- What's the matter with people? Clearly I'm doing everything all wrong. I should be making money in some way we've never thought of. I should be doing tours of my apartment. This is where I do the podcast. Here's where I sit when I do the podcast. This is the air conditioning I turn off just before the podcast because I don't want any hums. And uh, this is my bedroom where I thought about doing the podcast, but then I was like, well, I probably shouldn't do it in my bedroom because it would be awkward to have guests come in the bedroom. This is my cat, and sometimes she's a member of the podcast. You know what I mean? I mean, what? We're all doing everything wrong. Somebody's making money. Oh, no, the admission's free. The admission's free. So somebody's not even making money. What the what the fuck? I, I'm I don't know. I've had a rough day. I just I just I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know what to do anymore. I I I, I I'm 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 a mess. One of the uh, last things I wanted to talk about, though, was uh, last week, Memo was so angry because we didn't talk about Smell-O-Vision. They want to bring it back. Smell-O-Vision. You know, with uh, 
you know, back and this goes back for you know, like when you're in the movies and you can actually smell the stuff. Now I don't know why anybody would be interested in that, but they every twenty or thirty years they give it a try, and it's been happening like since the like the twenties, you know, like nineteen twenty nine with the the Broadway Melody that movie they they would put perfume, you know, in the in the thing, and of course I remember the uh, what's it called uh, polyester, the John Waters movie where it was an odorama and you got a scratch and sniff smell card and um you know i remember everybody in school would be like don't scratch number 2 you know cuz it's farts <laughs> and there were 10 things and the movie prompts you to scratch off the thing and then you smell it which was super fun and it's john waters and he's brilliant and that's the proper way to do it i think just get his card and everybody have a good time don't put it into the theater through the air vents. That can only end in disaster. In this day and age, that's the last thing you want to have as a lawsuit. Just use the scratch and sniff cards. Meanwhile, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find some DVDs of polyester so I can get one of those uh, scratch cards. I think they still. I, I would like to have one. I, I don't. I must have. I'm sure I threw it out. How cool would that be? I was um, looking at the site they had. Oh, I don't have it with me, but they had uh, what each one was. So maybe next week. But anyway, uh, I don't want to. I don't feel like playing the end theme yet. I mean, I gotta go. I gotta pack. I just. I feel like singing a a, a torch song. When somebody loves you, they love you all the way. Oh my God! Uh, last Saturday. Oh, I forgot to tell you about the weekend, right? So Saturday. Memo when I go to the roller derby and I rush down there and, you know, I prepare, Memo prepared a bunch of clips and we get down and somebody forgot to bring the sound system because it's, you know, a stupid run place. And uh, so the girl who I usually work with, who I announce with, she's like, oh, I don't know if I can use you guys tonight. And I'm like, you don't know if you can use us? We just came from New York City. My friend frame came from Queens, you fucking whore. You're going to goddamn you. I mean, don't, you know, I understand if there's a problem, but don't put it like that. We just drove from New York City. You guys all leave 10 minutes away. That's fucking rude. And I get them tickets to the devils and, you know, concerts and stuff so they can raffle them and sell them and promote their their product or, or a charity. That, that's not a way to treat people. I, I think I might be done with them. That was uncool. But Memo's too kind a person. And he said, no, let's stay because I have friends coming. And, you know, I made these clips. And he always works it out. He's an, he's an amazing dude. But I really, if he didn't have friends coming, I, I would have walked right out. I ended up staying and we shifted the microphone back and forth, whatever. It was stupid. I was just so angry the way somebody says something like that. That ain't cool. And the reason why his friends were coming is because I couldn't drive Memo home because I was going to my friend's house in Long Branch and staying over because my cat was away. I was allowed to do stay over people's house. I always get nervous. I wanted to go home. I don't want her to be home by herself. I know it's gay, but the way it is, right? I mean, it's so weird. My cat's gone now, and I feel like a, like a child's at camp. Like I have all this freeing time. Like I can eat like without any interruption, and I can sleep later. I mean, it's so weird. It's just a stupid cat, but... Uh, I guess she's like a, you know, very integral part of my life. But, um, you know, like, I'm not, I have no problem. I can do the podcast today. I don't have any problems. She's not sitting on any of the wires. I mean, it is kind of funny. But um, so I was going to stay at my friend's house. I, mean, I, tell, I just would have gone there 
But Memo said stay, so I stayed. And yeah, I made up with everybody. The more I think about it, you know, that ain't cool. There's only one more left in October, but I think I might be out. I don't get paid for it or anything. I just like the girls. I like the people. Maybe it's not worth it. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I have to do the next one because my niece is going to Rutgers this year, and I promise I, shit, I got to do one more. All right, well, I'll tell you about that later. Anyway, um, so Sunday, I go to the beach in Long Branch, New Jersey. Now, I've not gone to the beach. I mean, I got, you know, my friend lives at the beach, but I haven't, like, I haven't taken off my shirt in, like, 15 years. I've just been afraid. I don't know. You know, I'm, like, fat and stuff, and I just get embarrassed, and I burn. But he's got a cabana, so it was, like, kind of perfect because I could hang out in the cabana so nobody will see me until I got acclimated. And then I, I actually went in the water. I mean, I feel like a like a fresh air fun kid. I don't know. I, I, I was having the best time. I wore a bathing suit. I mean, I just don't. I don't know why. I sit at home and I play Xbox usually. But it was it was the best. The cabana was the key because, you know, I could sit out for like 20 minutes, then go back in the shade so I don't burn. I didn't burn. I was out from 11 to 6 and I didn't burn. And he's got a refrigerator in there and a fan and, a, and tequila and beer. It, oh, my God. It was amazing. It was one of the best times I've ever had. So on Monday, I was like, I felt great. I just, going in the ocean is kind of great, even though there were like this stupid ocean full of cigarette butts and probably hypodermic needles, as we know. I mean, that's probably half the reason I didn't go in for so many years, but who cares? It was a beautiful day, and it was so much fun. I want to do it again. I want to do it this week. I don't want to go to L.A. I want to go back to Long Branch, where the Hamptons, my friends are in the Hamptons. I don't want to go to L.A. This sucks. Now that Sarah's not there, I can't. I mean, this. I, I mean, it. But I'm gonna go. I, I'm just gonna go. What am I gonna do? The hotel room's already paid for. Everybody's like, just go, sit out, put on a bathing suit, sit out at the pool. And I'm like, I'm not that type of person. And I did it for the first time on Saturday, but I'm really not. I'm not a go out to the pool by myself type of person and just hang out. It's just not who I am. But I'd like to be. So maybe I'll try it this time. I don't know. I got a couple of friends out there, sure, but you know, I got a couple of meetings. So meanwhile, you know, like I got a, I got two meetings. I got that, you know, Comedy Central thing or something because the thing I went to Atlanta for, whatever. And then of course that got postponed. You know, classic. Oh, and our good friend. Let me leave with this. Our very, very good friend Marina Franklin, who was on the show three weeks ago. Marina Franklin will be on Conan O'Brien. This Monday, so I'll be out in L.A. on Monday, and I'm going to get to, you know, be in the green room with her and support her and everything. I'll be at the show and the taping. So that's fantastic, because then I can give something back. She was so nice that she did the podcast. She's such a doll. She came to my birthday and everything. I love her so much. So I'm very excited about that. So that's a good reason to go, right? But that's on Monday. What am I doing Thursday to Sunday? What am I doing? I want to have a better attitude going in there. I'm going to relax. It's not going to be like last time when I sat in my hotel room. I was almost in tears. I know. I'm a mess. I don't know. I don't like it out there. I don't know. It's weird. Meanwhile, I, you know, I do the same thing here. Just sit in my apartment. So I don't know what the difference is. Anyway, that's the plan. And um, that's what I'm going to do. You know what? You know what? What am I doing? I, who am I kidding? I don't want to end with that. You know what I want to end with tonight. <laughs> I can't help myself. I'm going to end with this theme. But um, Okay, so next week we're not on because I'm going to be in stupid L.A., which I should probably be taking my equipment and doing a podcast over there, right? I mean, how much fun would that be? But 
I messed up. I didn't think I'd have... If I had known this was going to be the case and I would have bought this little thing sooner than I'm going to need for September, but I've been trying to work out September... Sorry, it's messing me up. I've been trying to... With the words, it's messing me up. I've been trying to work out, like, September, like, where I'm going to do the podcast. Like, like I think, you know, one week I'll do it at my house alone. Then one week I'll have a guest in the house. Then I'm going to try and maybe go back to stand-up New York. Maybe they'll let me do once a month there so I can bring out, you know, maybe multiple guests. And then, like, a bar. Like, one, you know, every month there'll be something different. That's the plan, but I don't know whether I can stick to it. But for now, that is what I'm thinking. So the podcast will continue again. We will be off next week, but starting September 4th, we will go straight forward and no one can stop us. So thank you for a lovely evening and a, or a morning if you're listening to the morning. Look, I'm back at the voice again. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope this can uh, stick with you for uh, two weeks and uh, just please keep listening and Tell your friends. And uh, when we come back in two weeks, I think uh, we might even start with the television stuff, which I love. I don't know. We'll see. Play it by ear. We're just going to have fun. That's what the podcast is, right? Right, Bobby Bobberino? Yeah, right. Up your nose with the rubber hose. So long, everybody. Good night. I'll see you next time. Until then, I'll see you in Los Angeles.